0: I'm speaking to you on the subject redefining your life. The seven practical definitions of life. Redefining your life. The seven practical definitions of life. You know, when people define you, it determines their attitude towards you. When someone defines you, when I define you as a good person I will have good attitude towards you. If I define you as a bad person, I will have a bad attitude towards you. If I define you as an intelligent person I choose my words when I'm talking to you. If I define you as an unintelligent person I have to find a way to communicate with you. If I define you as a loyal person I have a loyal attitude towards you. If I define you as a disloyal person, I'm careful how I relate with you. People truly define us. Now, and as they define us, they fashion their response to us. In the same way, the way you define yourself is very important. Because the way you define yourself is how you relate to yourself. If you define yourself as a useless person, you do a lot of useless things. If you define yourself as a useful person, you do a lot of useful things. So your definition of who you are actually determines the way you act towards yourself. When people define you, it is dangerous. When you define yourself, it is better. What is even more important is the way you define life. Because your attitude towards life is the way you define it. For many people, life is living. To wake up in the morning and you are not dead means you have life. To have good food and eat and hang around with the guys or with the girls for you that is life now your life today and what you have been able to achieve in life is a reflection of how you have defined life in the past but you see in life you must always seek to get better and in getting better in life you must consistently redefine life it is like being in a in a valley how you see is limited and then you are lifted from the valley to the mountain top you see further that's how life should be life is a journey from the valley to the mountain top As you keep climbing, you you keep seeing different things, so you keep redefining what life is. That's why people who succeed in life are very dynamic in life. They don't do the same things and expect different results. Anytime they want a different result in life, they do something different. This sermon, I'm going to do it on two Sundays and my aim is to challenge you to give your life a certain meaning that will make you meaningful to your generation. Are you here? So seven practical definitions of of life. Number one, Life is education. Your worst mistake is your best teacher. Life is education. Your best mistake your worst mistake can be your best teacher. We all make mistakes every single day. You make mistakes every week you make mistakes. Some of those mistakes are not very significant. There are things you can easily correct and move on. But But there are some mistakes that can alter your life and change your life. Your ability to learn lessons from the mistakes that have had negative impact on your life. And your capacity to use that mistake to redefine your life and reprioritize, and make a lemonade out of a lemon is what will separate you from others. When you master your mistakes, you become successful in life. In fact, everything you see around you is a product of something negative that happened. And someone decided to correct it. I feel I'm talking to a group of people here. Some of you have made certain mistakes in your life. But whether you are allowing these mistakes you are made to teach you lessons or you are just defending yourself and blaming others and not holding yourself responsible. We're going to look at the story of a young man in the Bible who made a mistake and allowed that mistake to teach him valuable lessons and how he got restored and became a better person. Tell with me to Luke Luke chapter 15 from the verse 11 to the verse 20. is a very popular parable of Jesus. Now Jesus continued reading from the NIV There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now hold on, don't go ahead of me. Why would the younger man ask his father to give him the share of the estate? He was young. Why wasn't the senior man asking him for the share of his estate? Was a young man, wanted independence who thought that the father's restrictions and control and 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 power over him was was not something he wanted he didn't see the value of a father's protection over his life he was not just asking for the share of the estate he was actually Intending to break off relationship. This really cost him. Not long after that. The younger son got together. All he had. All he had. Everything he had in the world. All he had. So in his next life. He was going to put in everything in his life. He was going to put in. That sometimes is the worst mistake people make to try to put all your eggs in one basket he got everything he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth note his wealth he was wealthy he was wealthy but did not use his wealth to do anything meaningful Was squandered as well in a wild living. In a wild living. In a wild living. He had a certain lifestyle that the house he grew up in did not allow. So he left the house, got everything he had, and he, when you say wild living, you know, clubbing, drinking, smoking, chasing. Girls here and there. He was young and he thought that that is what life is. He thought that that was life. That was his definition of life. His definition of life was to make money and squander it in a wild living. Yes, some of us here, that's the way we have defined life. We make the money, we waste the money. Then we come back to nothing. For your life is friends. Coming together and eating and chopping. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that land, in that whole country. And he began to be in need. And began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. This was a guy that had wealth. In the season of abundance, he could not predict that life has two phases. There's a phase of abundance and there's a phase of famine. His understanding of life was so limited, was so limited then then life taught him lessons who sent him to his fields to feed pigs because when the man heard his story he had no job for him than to put him on the farm to feed pigs i can't put you in the office if your father was that wealthy and you couldn't stay with your father it's not me you will stay with and in the, in the Jewish tradition pigs were supposed to be unholy so, so it is the most disrespected person that you put on, on, the, on, the, on the fields of pigs so the man just threw him there go and feed the pigs he put him on the field, you don't deserve to be at home, you were, you were once at home, you left home If you wanted to be at home, you would have stayed with your father. They sent him away. Some of you cannot stand fatherly figures in your life. I see a lot of young pastors on Facebook trying to discredit the issue of spiritual fatherhood. When when Abraham decided to circumcise Isaac, Today's children will not call it circumcision. They will call it castration. That my daddy castrated me. (laughs) He longed to fill his stomach with the pores that the pigs were eating. Look at, look at, have you seen the food that pigs eat? And he longed to eat some, but no one gave him anything but no one gave him nobody had sympathy on him nobody had sympathy on him the worst mistake of his life was to leave his father's house at a younger age and the second worst was to disconnect and go into a far country and if it went ahead to Have a wild living. Now, look. When he came to his senses, this is where the story changes. When he came to his senses, how did he come to his senses? He learned lessons from his mistakes. He learned lessons from his mistakes. You see, the worst mistakes of your life, if they cannot teach you the best lessons in life, then you can't get anywhere. Hear what he said. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's high servants have food to spare? But why didn't he know this first? That I lived in abundance. Even servants has food to spare. But now he came to his senses and said, How many of my father's high servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back. Sometimes going back is the most difficult thing. Sometimes going back to admit your mistakes. Sometimes You see redefinition Is not an easy thing To say I thought This was how life was Or is But I now know what life really means And I want to reorganize my life Sometimes you look out How far you have gone. He went to a far country. He went far away. Went to a far country. But when he realized that he had made mistakes, when he came to his senses, most people never come to their senses until on their deathbed. Most people never. Until they go And get to a place where returning is almost impossible. But where you fell is where the solution is. Go back there again and deal with the issues that you left behind. Go back to your past. Look at the mistake. Look at all the mistakes that you made in your past. Sit down. Humble yourself. Come to your senses. Be wise about this. At least for this alone, foolishness has caused you a lot of pain. But for this alone, wise up. Go back home, stand in front of your mirror and look at yourself. Take a critical look at yourself and think about yourself. Go back 10 years, 15 years, and look at your life. And if you are proud of all the decisions you have made, just give a loud clap offering to yourself in your bedroom. Mm. I'll set out and go back to my father. And i'll say to him i need to have a conversation i need to have a conversation i need to have a conversation i owe nobody explanation except my father sometimes so many people say things to you you talk to the wrong people you talk to the wrong people and they don't give you the right advice sometimes that is your problem you made a mistake And instead of talking to the right people, you go talking to wrong people who keeps encouraging you to continue to make the same mistake. He knew who he offended. He went back there. Father, I have sinned. Look at how how he defined his mistakes. You define sin as a mistake, but he defined mistake as sin. So, you see the word sin means means to miss the mark to miss the mark sin came from like playing that, that and then you, you are supposed to hit the center and then you throw and you miss the center and then they say you have sinned so what he was trying to tell the father is that I missed the mark I missed the goal I miss it father, I miss it. Now, mistake is two words put together. Miss and take. Mistake is when you, miss the, when, you miss the oppor- when you miss the opportunity that you must take in life. There are few things in life that when you miss them it is difficult to recover. One of them is to miss what we are supposed to take. But if you are courageous, you will leave this service and go back home and face that mistake. Go back and and and, and look at this mistake. In eventually, he I have sinned against you. And look at how humble he was. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He didn't go defending himself. Father, I left home because you were too straight. You know, some father, you know, you were not loving me enough. I wasn't getting enough attention. I wasn't getting enough attention and that's the reason why I left home. He said, "No, no, no, I've sinned against you. It is I am responsible for anything that has happened to me. I am responsible. I'm holding myself responsible. I am responsible for anything that has happened to me. I am responsible. I have sinned. I have sinned. We didn't sing together. I have sinned. He could have said, Father... Father, when I ask you to give me to you for you to give me the share of the estate, you should have put your feet down. You shouldn't have given it to me. You should have put your feet down. He could have said that, but the guy said, I have sinned. You see, let me tell you something. When you make mistakes, don't play the blame game. You will never learn any lessons from it. Never. Hmm. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your highest servants don't forget he had already stated that he's the highest servant in his father's house having no food to spare so he was going back home to look for food he wasn't going back home with a sense of arrogance make me a servant And let me find some food to eat. His problem was no longer the wealth, because he just discovered that life does not consist of the abundance of things a man has. It doesn't take money for you to become successful. It does not, because if he took money, he would have been successful. Life is more than money. Life is more than wealth. For him, he just realized that life is having a family, having authority over you, having someone who can help you make the right choices and right decisions. Hmm. You never outgrow your fathers, you never outgrow, no matter how great bearded you become. There are two people who call me no matter what I do that I pick. My wife and my mother. Very important. Make me like one of your high servants. So he got up and went to his father. Get up from that mess and go to where you can find help. Stop being arrogant. Stop having a reputation of being alive but you are dead. And go find help. Go find help and stop defending that lifestyle. Go find help. Look for where you can get help. Get out from that mess. Get out from that mess. Get out from that deception. Thinking that lying down there and blaming everybody will face your life for you. If only if only if only my father had built a house if only my brother had helped me, if only my pastor had prayed for me, if only so he got up and went to his father get up get up from that sleep and slumber, get up from that lousy life get up from that laziness get up from there get up the things that is messing up your life you are still holding on to it the same thing your parents complain about complain about your husband is complaining about it your wife is complaining about it and you are still holding on to it you are still holding on to it wise up Come to your senses. Something in your life is causing a mess, and you it will continue to cause a mess until you come to your senses. Until you ask the Holy Spirit, Father, help me. Help me, help me, and come to your senses. Life is education. Your worst mistake can be your best teacher. you know this guy coming back home he could he could have said no 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 when I go home my senior brother will rejoice over my downfall the servants will rejoice over my downfall all these people will be very happy that 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 are fallen my father might even rejoice over my downfall please please forget people's opinion and go back get up and face up your life. Fix your life fix your life fix your life fix your life if we listen to the gossips, If we're listening to those who who are celebrating your downfall, you will never, ever correct your life. My enemies rejoice not over me. For when I fall, I shall rise again. You have the capacity to rise again. You have the ability to rise again. You have the Holy Ghost in you. You can correct that mistake. You can make it. You can learn lessons. You can allow the Holy Ghost to teach you important lessons. And you can come out of this mess better, stronger. You can. And you must. You can and you must. And it is possible. It is possible. Look at someone, tell the person, I'm coming out. Hmm. Don't give up so much early on life. Even if you are left with one day to live, correct that mistake and leave a legacy. And leave a legacy. Listen, forget about emotions. Forget about who who will talk and who will laugh and who will make a mockery of you. You need to talk to someone. Get that courage and talk to that person. Get it and talk to that person. Sit down. Humble yourself. Don't start the conversation by defending yourself. Don't. In this instant, the the gentleman, when the father saw him, the father ran towards him and embraced him and welcomed him. Somebody's waiting for you. There's a helper somewhere. There's a helper somewhere. Number two. Life is an examination. You must question yourself. You must question yourself life is an examination you must question yourself can i tell you something we run an MBA here and i'm very relational i love people want to relate with people so in most cases my, 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 my most exciting um, days are my weekends when the MBA students and the MSC students arrive on Friday evenings and the school compound is full of people and I'm working amongst them, I'm interacting with them. And people have different attitudes. So hey, hello, some people, oh bishop, bishop. Some people hello. Fine, they turn around. So some people reject you, some accept you, some. But there's also a day called the day of examination. It's on Thursday. Thursday evenings. They come to write examination. Examination has a way in which it puts fear in you and humbles you. Then you begin to realize that, well, 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 uh, I'm nobody. Around those Thursdays, I go out there and I said, hi everyone, is everything all right? Immediately I say, hi everyone. Everybody goes, hello bishop, pray for us, pray for us. Those who rejected me when there was no examination, now are looking for help so i say praise the lord and they all shout hallelujah 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 even the most brilliant student is afraid of examination because you can't predict examination sometimes the things you have learned might not come you see you see the, how is quiet and people are sitting in corners and corners our lecture halls are very beautiful uh, air conditioning, everything, but still you have students who come and complain and, and our AC was not working well but during the time of examination, some people can come here in the morning and sit under the cabana where the sun hits them directly and you go in there and you say, oh, the sun go to one of the classrooms, no, no, I'm okay here, I'm okay here, I'm okay here hey, when it comes to examination, eh, it's not easy now because examination is fearful when we have to examine ourselves we are usually afraid of what we will find. We are usually afraid of what we will find. So we gloss over things in our lives. My father told me something. When I had a conversation with him, I wasn't doing well in school and he was always complaining. And then suddenly, I got born again, started doing well in school. I taught my class and he never made any comments. So I complained to my mother. Mama, when I was not doing well, Papa was always on my case. Now I'm doing well, Papa is not making any statement. But I think my mother confronted him on on that, had a conversation with him on that. So one day he called me and said, Yofi, come, sit down. He said, you see, in life, there are three types of questions. The questions your teachers ask you in an examination, he said, "Those questions, if you are a good student, you will pass because your teachers would have already provided you the answers in the form of lectures and notes. So, if you read them, you pass." The second type of questions are the questions students ask teachers. He said it's a bit difficult because a teacher is teaching you, you are getting confused. Out of your confused mind, you want to frame a question. Sometimes it's difficult teachers sometimes can be intimidating in our part of the world. Like this week, I had a lecture online with London School of Economics. There were things I didn't understand, and I wanted to ask questions. But I felt that asking the question may betray too much of my ignorance. Maybe the question I'm even going to ask might be non You know why we say non-sla? You understand. So sometimes I will struggle, reframe the question and reframe it and reframe it and reframe it and then I will gather boldness and ask one. So asking your teacher's questions are not the easy ones to do. Especially when people will also have different opinions. So my father told me that. The third set of questions my father asked me, he said those are the most difficult questions. He says the stair set of questions are the questions you ask yourself. He said very soon you will finish school you will start working you will marry, start raising a family start building a profession then you start asking yourself questions did I marry well? Did I choose the right profession? Am I taking care of my good care of my children? Am I, you start asking yourself those questions. He said when you start getting good grades in those questions then I will commend you because that is where the most important questions are asked. Listen, the questions you ask yourself are the most important questions in your life. Second Corinthians 13 and the verse 5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. So this relates to your Christian life. Why also relates to every aspect of your life? Test yourself, examine yourself to see. Test yourself. Test yourself. Question your emo- your motives. Question your intentions when you are doing things. Why am I doing th- these things? <laughs> For those of you who have read my, my book on. The 21 most important questions successful people ask themselves. And there were seven important questions. Number one, the providence question. Why did God create me? If you want to succeed in life and make it big in life, the greatest discovery you will ever have is to discover why God created you. The discovery of you is more than gold. It's more than oil. Many people have spent all their lives without knowing why God created them. So for them, everything in, in general, nothing in particular. When, when Joy FM came first, it was the first private radio station and one of the most difficult programs for me as a Christian was a program called, called Everything Goes or Anything Goes. On Anything Goes, they play different music. So that you go and bring some I like music. Then they play gospel music. Then they play this. I couldn't tune into anything goes. Because they may play music that will not inspire my soul. But there were specific programs that were for specific things. So when I'm tuning in at that time. I knew what I was going to, uh, what I was going to get from it. Anything cannot go in life. You are created for a certain purpose. To serve God's purpose in your generation. You must discover it. Discover it. Ask the Lord, why did you create me? You see, life is a journey from eternity to eternity. You came from God and you are going back. You came from eternity. You are going back to eternity. Between eternity and eternity is time. Within this time that you have, God placed you on earth for a certain purpose. I am here what I do, I'm serving God's purpose for my generation. When I'm dead and gone, I want people to remember me for serving God's purpose in my generation. When you do what you do, believing that you were created by God to do do it, and you look at it as a divine assignment, your attitude is different. If you are a banker and you look at it that God put me here for a purpose, for a purpose to use me to exalt Christ Jesus, evangelize the lost and edify the same, your attitude is different. If you're a teacher and you discover that God put me here for a purpose, to serve his purpose, your attitude is different. There are many people, their Christian life is in the church. And their christian life is between god and themselves but your christian life is actually between you and others than between you and god and you need to discover that listen the question two the question the question is purpose purpose where am i going where am i going i've already told you in life you are going to one place one place you are going back to eternity and keep this at the back of your mind next week i'll go into details about this keep this at the back of your mind in life you are going to only one place you are going back to eternity there are only two places in eternity hell and heaven hell and heaven and there's only one way to heaven jesus he said i am the way but there are several ways to hell several ways to hell there is a way that seems right unto man. But the end is death. Several ways to hell. Jesus is the only way. And the way of Jesus is very narrow. Narrow. So, so there are only few things you can carry on that ro- 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 road. You need to leave a lot of things down. The road is so narrow. You can't drive through there with a four-hole drive. You need to get some some VW Beetle. Beetle some small car. Some tico, tico. Those of you born, you don't know tico. We were born yesterday, you don't know tico. Or some you see the cars they use for uber, Uber, Uber. Is that those cars that can enter that narrow, narrow way, narrow way. So you have to let go a lot of things. You have to let go a lot of things. You have to let go a lot of friends. It's too narrow. Like mommy and I were going for a walk. We're going for a walk, so we're just walking together like this. And I love it, we're chatting. Then suddenly, it moves ahead of me. I'm coming from behind her. The conversation ceased. And I'm asking her, Why are you rushing like that? Why are you going like that? He said, oh, honey, can't you see the road is narrow? Yeah, it's narrow. It's narrow. If we can't, the two of us cannot walk. If the two of us walk, we'll go on the street. So she went ahead of me and I was coming from behind her. Surprisingly, she was faster than me. Can you imagine? She was going and I was following her. Then we got to a place where it was broad. But you see, the Christian road is narrow. Sometimes at one point, even the people you love most, you must leave them behind and go. If you're not ready to go to heaven with me, I'm not ready to go to hell with you. This road is a narrow road. It's a very narrow road. The road to eternity, eternity, heaven, is narrow. Not You have too many friends. You can't enter want to enter with your friends. No, 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 no. It is you alone. We enter one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. If you come to my hometown, Mampon, there, there, there's a new road, but there's a, no, if, you, if mommy's places, if you mean, mommy's, um, we are going to be where mommy's house is in their village in Latte. There's a road there. Only one car at a time. But the whole mampon Hills, the road, some time ago, some time ago, there was There's this way one person with a telephone down, another person with a telephone up. When one car is coming, they call a car is coming, so the other car will stop. No two roads can pass there. The Christian life is a narrow road. You can you 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 only live it yourself. You can't live the Christian life with someone else. It is only you, because it is only you who will stand before God and give account of your life. (laughs) Only you, only you. Then the people question what kind of people do I need in my life? What kind of people do I need in my life? Once the narrow road requires you alone to eternity, there are other parts of your life that need people. But I have said here, that I said here, there are five characteristics of the people you must need in your life. Those with wisdom in their heads, those with eyes in their eyes, eyes in their heads who can see your potential. Those with wisdom in their hearts, whose word can transform you. Those with trophies in their hands, whose achievement will inspire you. Those with zip on their hips, whose morality will help you develop values. And those who speed on their heels, who will help you to be tight. So it's not anybody at all, who can become your friend in this life. The next question you must ask yourself is the prosperity question. What kind of financial behavior will determine my financial success or failure? Poverty is not a condition. It's an attitude. Some people have lived here in Ghana all their lives. They are richer than people who are living in the worst same world with the best economies. It's not where you live. It is how you live. Your financial behavior, how you live. I borrowed 500 Ghana cities to run, to run my first conference. I made a profit of 1,600 Ghana cities. Some of you would have called for a party. You would have decided to change your life. You would have gone to buy new shoes and new things and new, and then spend the money. I put that 1,600 back into conferences. Today we have Accra Business School. I built the whole Accra Business School with a borrowed 500 Ghana cities because of my financial behavior. wealth creation that is not determined by how much you earn. It is how much you save. Some people are earning earning 10 times what some people are earning here. But you have a plot of land they don't have. Are you here with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? The personality question. What kind of of attitude will, will cause an appeal for me? How do I appeal to people? People look at the outside appearance. Your appearance is so important. Your attitude is important. Your achievement is important. Three things will determine your appeal in life. Three things will determine your appeal in life. Your achievement. It brings you respect. Your attitude brings you a lot of respect. And your appearance also brings you respect. These three things, watch them. It forms what we call your personality. The prudence question, what are the dangers ahead in life? A prudent man sees danger and takes caution. And i voice it. Everything that has happened to you. The writings were on the walls. I've said to people. I've said to people. The illiterates of this generation. Are not those who cannot read. From the book. But those who cannot read the writings on the walls. If you cannot read the writings on the walls. You are an illiterate. Whatever will happen to you in the next five years is written on the walls. You know it. You know that if you don't change your eating habits, the chances are that in the next five years you will become diabetic. You know it. The writings are there. It's written on the wall. You know that if you don't change your spending habits in the next five years, you'll be borrowing. You. It is there. There is nothing new under the sun. Your mother may not have gone to school. She may not have read any book. Yet, she read the writings on the walls. That's why you are who you are today. She could look at you and say, this my son can become a lawyer. This my son can become a doctor. This my son. And she would sit on the sun and sell tomatoes. And in the evening, go and sell as a place to gather money to put you in school writing on the walls. When my mother changed me from one school to another school and the headmaster was questioning her, why do you want to bring your son to this school? It's a very highly competitive school. Where is Where coming from? You know what she said? She said to them, this boy is the boy of my hope. He's the boy of my hope. She read it well. She read it well. Your ability to predict your future is crucial to your success in life. Then the priority question, the priority question, the priority question, what do I have to do first? What do I have to do first? Everything in your life is important. But not everything is immediate. You are doing so many things at a time. You are even confused. That's why we call the foundational things in life. Life is like building a house. You must build it on a foundation. Solid foundation. Solid foundation. Before you lay the blocks. Without a foundation, the blocks will collapse on you. Some of you, your life have collapsed, has collapsed on you. Because you laid the blocks with that solid foundation. We were supposed to be in school, we were flirting. Supposed to be in school. I remember one of the things that messed up a lot of people's life when we were growing up: two things, gambling and cinema. We used to have a, a, a something called Twe, Twe, Twelve. They used to show cinema. We used to have big, big cinema halls in Accra and in Kumase and Takra, are other places. And then they used to show midday movies called Twe. And a lot of people didn't go to school because of twe. because the movie was shown at 12 o'clock 12 o'clock and then it starts so we the nickname of of that time is Twe. twer i'm going to Twe, i'm going to Twe. and you are supposed to be in school around 12 because we're going to school morning and afternoon so you go in the morning 12 o'clock you break and then the evening you go most people come in the morning afternoon they go to twer The other thing was, most they didn't pass examination, their lives are messed up. Another one was gambling. There used to be in the markets, there used to be this gambling round, this thing, and then you put you put that money. A lot of people will go there to play gambling, they messed up their lives. Today, they are building lives without foundation. Take your time, don't rush. Life is not a hundred meter race; it's a marathon lay your foundation build it again you can lay it right now start it this week start it this week go write everything in your head down and see everything in your head is important but some are immediate some are the foundations on which you must build your life and lay it and lay it very well At the age of 52, I am still building my foundations. I'm still building my foundations. I'm still building my foundations. I keep telling mommy, see, from 60, from 60, from 60, we, we will lose energy. We will lose passion. We will lose a lot of things. So it is time for us to lay some foundations and then from 60, we start enjoying life. Now, let me just do the third definition and then we close. We close and then I'll see you next week. Life is an exchange. Your input determines your output. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mobbed. A man raves what his souls. A man raves what his souls. It's what you put in life that life gives back to you. Life is a wall. We all throw the balls on it. If I throw a tennis ball, I get back a tennis ball. If you throw a football, you get back a football. If you throw a baseball, um, do I say baseball ball? <laughs> if you throw a baseball, you get back a baseball. But if you throw a tennis ball, a um, table tennis ball, you get it back. What you are receiving back in life is what you have put inside it. life is like a computer it can only give you what you have garbage in garbage out you put your garbage into your life you get it back put garbage into your life you get it back so righteousness and you will be rewarded so unrighteousness and you will get unrighteousness back put your life commit your time and your energies into life and into the things of god you will get it back life is not lack there is no lack in life. Oh, he got luck- lucky. He got lucky. He got lucky. Oh, Titi Ofe got lucky. That's why he got that building. Oh, Titi Ofe got lucky. Ah, ah, ah. There is no lack in life. Life you must be intentional. Even the blessings of God has conditions attached to them. You ma- you want to change your life? You should be intentional about it. You should be intentional about it. You want your life to change? You must have a plan to change it. You must put things in your life. I want to ask some people here to have... Yesterday I was talking to my son and he's getting to 37 and I said, son, you need to set up where you want to be, how you want to be and what you want to be by the time you are 30. Because actually a generation is 30 years, not 40 years. I said, by the time you are 30, a generation of your life is gone. Generation of your life would have gone. I told him, I was intentional about you. I said to myself, by the time I am 50, I should have a son who is above 20. So that we can think together, talk together, plan together. So you you were were part of my plan. I was intentional about you. I married early, gave birth early. Because I wanted to have a son who would become a brother. Nothing is mistake. Are you bringing me something? Nothing is mistake in my life. I plan it. I am detailed about everything. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Detailed about everything. I am very detailed. I plan it. I dot the I's and cross the T's. Are you here? I brought you pure words of insight. Take it, act upon it. Success is not rocket science. Success is common sense principles. You get it, you use it. It works. It works. When I was 36, I was still a poor man. I uh, set up an agenda. Agenda four forty what I'll become by the time I'm 40 years old on my 40th birthday I was celebrating it in an 8 bedroom house from where I came from to build an 8 bedroom house on the 40th birthday it's a total achievement because I came from the bottomless pit some of you came from the valley valley has a place you can put your. life. I came from the bottomless pit to the hand of God for me to be where I am hey are you here with me? when I was 10 when I was 40 years I did agenda 1050. What I want to see in my life by the time I'm 50. And the key was retirement. I'm on retirement, though. I'm on retirement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I come to the office, now my office, I have no job. Actually, I have no job. Guys are doing the job. I only come for supervision. I call an, um, um, a meeting. and tell them to tell me what is going on. They tell me I give advice, give advice. So, I'm more or less like a consultant. I'm actually... Resigned as the president of the school. There's a new president of the school. I just give myself some serious title, Governor General. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> and then another title, a functional title, C Founder and CEO. They wanted to just say, oh, CEO. I said, No, put the founder there. Well, founder plus CEO is equal to Governor General. i told my wife by 60 i want us to just be even freer travel around and have fun if the lord calls us at 75 or at at 80 when you come to see our dead body laid we will be smiling i've told her i've told her my plans where i want to build our cemetery where we are going to be buried the city of fair cemetery where all the city affairs will be buried, everything, the minutest thing, even where I'll be buried, I plan, I'm planning it. Oh, daddy, why are you thinking about cemetery at this age? You see, it is, it is that kind of religious thinking that is making charismatics the poorest people on the continent. When you, you, must do, you must do spiritual thinking and reasonable thinking than just doing religious thinking. anybody comes say live to be a hundred, I so say don't deceive me, don't deceive me. My most, the most important thing is that I am doing what I have to do. If I'm to die today, I must die smiling. If you come to my funeral, you will see. I'll be smiling when I'm very, very old. You see me, you see I'll be smiling because it will be a life well lived. May the Lord bless you. And thank you for coming to church.